when we start saying these things and speaking these things, we must know what it is because the word of God for the last six months, God has shown himself strong and we are living in the manifestation of the word that God has given us for all these times. Even this building, it's a manifestation of a prophetic word that God has given us. Now prophecy is not just thus saith the Lord, prophecy can also be brought in teaching. Because prophecy is ultimately the word of God. So what is prophetic? It is speaking the mind of God. It is not an accent. It is not a thou say the Lord. It is speaking the mind of God and the mind of God coming to pass. So when you go back on the teachings, you'll see that we're actually living inside answered prayer. This building, we're in answered prayers. We started speaking of the gates and I started praying. We started praying and fasting that God would bring us into the gates. And this week I was in the gates of the city, speaking to the mayor. And why I'm saying this, it's not to brag, you guys know my heart, it is to show you, don't take the word of God for granted. God is speaking with us, it's a favorable position, David. When God speaks and he brings it to pass, there's no more time for games. And that's why the enemy is fighting you as hard as you are. Because you're at the brink, you are at the source of where the word of God is flowing from. I'm not the source. You're at the heavenly place. We're seated in Christ. And when God speaks, we receive it. That is the source of God's word. Amen. So go back. Study the word of God. When we started with gates, now we're busy with altars. And I'll show you that when you're at an altar, you cannot get to the gates unless you're at a righteous altar. You want the righteous gates of God to open, then you must build righteous altars. Because altars are the starting point for gates. Amen. When the witches come together, let me just give you something small. Do you know some gomas, two o'clock in the morning, between half past one and two o'clock in the morning, they have altars, physical structures, where they slaughter the animal just a few feet from where it is, and they take the blood and they offer it to what they call the ancestors. But now we know now it's not ancestral spirits behind it, hiding. We know it's demonic forces, because when you see the manifestation of these sangomas, once they do those things and they have the names of people and stuff that have consulted with them, so they bring them to an altar and they connect with a spiritual force. And when you see how they manifest, it is something outworldly. But they are so committed to this. They are so committed to bringing the altar of unrighteousness before those spirits. And then you wonder why Christians don't think of altars in a good way. Or we are not so serious or urgent about it. So they slaughter and they bring the blood and they put it there where they've said this is the altar and they sacrifice. And then whatever they decide there or confirm or whatever happens there, spiritually it becomes reality. Woe unto you if those actions are directed to your family and there's nothing stronger protecting you. That's why we, we, we cannot be lexadaisical Christians. We, we cannot. In this time and age, we, we cannot just be church members. There must be a desire in you to go and seek God for yourself. I cannot build an altar for brother Greg and his family. He's the priest of his house. The order of God is the priest in the house must build an altar. We can teach you how to do it, but I cannot do it on your behalf. Does it make sense? So what are altars? Altars are legally, and I'm just recapping for people that are not here so that we can connect. 
Altars are places that are legally recognized in the spirit for consecration. Places of worship. Places of interaction between man and spirit. So altars are also not just evil. They are also not just good. It depends which God or spirit you want to connect to. It's an intentional. No one by mistake builds an altar. It's a conscious decision that I want to connect to this ancestor, to this God, to that God. It's a legal thing. And God in heaven cannot counter what you have decided consciously until you consciously now make a decision that you want to connect to the righteous God. God can look at your suffering under that, but he cannot just come and kick it unless you make a conscious decision. I need to break down this unrighteous altar and build or lift or raise an altar of righteousness for God. Does it make sense? It's also play, altars have the power to block or to bless. This is extremely important. What does bless mean? Bless or the blessing does not mean physical things. Physical things are the fruits of the blessing. The blessing is a divine empowerment to prosper. Now, a curse is the opposite thing, Pastor Brian. A curse is, I almost said divine. It is also, I'm looking for a way to put it. If the blessing is a divine empowerment for you to prosper, then a curse is an intentional blockage to stop you from prospering. So when people curse you, it is not just for you to die. It is to stop you from prospering in all levels of your life. And most of these things come from altars. Whether good altars to bless or whether bad altars to stop you. That's why some people, when they, when they repent, Satanists, they would come and they would confess and say, we tried to get to Pastor Brian, but we couldn't. There was something stronger than us. When they say us, they don't mean physically them. It is something stronger than the force behind them. That fought it, not his title in church, not his experience, not the voice that he used to sing, not your gift, but the Holy Spirit representing the power of God. That's why I'm hard on the worship team. When I see they are off, I tell them, no guys, go and pray. We don't want songs here. This is warfare. Does it make sense? And when they understand it, they will understand that they're raising altars here. So when retaliation comes, they don't find David with his nice voice. They don't find Pastor Vicky with his nice voice or his experience serving God. They find the blood of Jesus protecting. Why? Because when Noah built an altar, he didn't ask God for anything but to worship God and thank Him for protection of 40-something days. Does it make sense? And God in His righteousness saw the altar and it moved God so much that God removed a curse that Noah did not ask to be removed. Because the Bible says, and God looked at it, and a sweet smell came up, and he said, I will no longer curse. Did Noah ask for the curse? to? Maybe Noah didn't even know the earth was cursed. Noah just heard from God. He said, I will obey you, and did it. And many times we raise altars to, 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 to block curses. No, 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 no. Raise altars to bring the presence of God. The presence of God will deal with all those things around you. So on some. So it is the power to block or to bless. Places, and today we're going to deal with this, altars are places that are born out of a personal revelation of who God is. It's not a religious thing. 
It is something that moves you once you start having a relationship with God. That's why I say, go back, study the Word of God, pray to God, ask God, Father, show me, reveal yourself to me. I hear what Pastor Tommy is saying. I hear what the worship thing is singing. I hear that Pastor Brian on radio is speaking. I hear those things, but I don't know you for myself. Build a relationship with God because once God reveals Himself to you, an altar or desire to build an altar in your life will be an automatic response. Let me show you. Let, let's get into the Word of God. Genesis 12, verse 7. Because next week you're going to deal with not just setting up altars, but also breaking down unrighteous altars. And we'll pray for families next week. So whatever it is that you need to do next week, if it's not in the house of God, please, if you can cancel it, cancel it. We're going to pray for people. We're going to trust that God will break the power of all altars and we will set up righteous altars. Amen. 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 Get over Chiefs Lost. Some people were watching Animal National Geographic. When the second goal landed in Manchester's game, I'm not going to mention names today. If someone had changed the TV, Mr. Africa, and he watched National Geographic, and I said to him, Why are you. You can put back the Manchester game because there are also cows playing. Cows are also animals. <laughs> he must follow me. Feel so good to be an Arsenal supporter. Oh, Lord. Genesis 12, 7. Then the Lord, check this. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. Now, let me tell you an interesting thing about Abram. Abram came from the, from earth, from the land of the Chaldeans. So they were worshipping false idols. So Abram knew something about worship. Now the word worship is not always nice. It depends who you're worshipping. So he knew about it. He knew how to make an idol and how to set an idol in place and how to build altars. As I said, altars, Pastor Brian, are not just good things. They're also not just bad things. You must study what an altar is. So Abram was used to building altars and to worship, but not the God of heaven. Right? But now because God had a plan with Abram, he called him out of his father's house. Abram, come with your family. I will show you where you need to go and scan a story. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. Check this. And God said, to your descendants, what is a descendant? It speaks of generations. Because every altar is not just connected to you, it's connected to generations following you. That's why last week I said that whatever we do, we must be mindful. Because sometimes children that are still in the womb or in our loins, Pastor Brian, are now unfairly connected to altars that they were not even part of. So now someone in your family raises an altar to whatever spiritual deity, and you are not born yet. The day you are born, you don't even know the burden that's been placed on you. Imagine a 10-day-old baby laying in his cot, looking cute, but in the spirit, there are demons waiting for him because of a legal altar that was raised on his or her behalf before they were born. Altars are generational. Whatever you do, whether you are, have an attitude in church, whatever you do, how you serve God, it's an altar that you're raising, and it will have an effect on your children, whether or not you like it. It's a legal, intentional connection to a spirit. God said to your descendants, your generations to follow. Did the generations ask for land? I will give this land and there, who's he? He, Abram, built what? An altar. 
to not only connect to God, but also build something that will generationally connect his people to God. A legal instruction, a legal establishment of the goodness of God for generations, Pastor Brian. And he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him, that God gave him an instruction to build an altar. An altar is what? An intentional decision to connect to whatever spirit you want to connect to. Because our God is generational. Spiritually, all things happen generationally. And that's why last week I said, sometimes you struggle against stuff and you it. I've been fasting, I've been praying. Maybe somewhere there's an altar speaking against you. And you don't know of it. Whether you raised it yourself, your parents or parents, parents, parents. And that's why you see now it makes sense. There's some gates in the spirit that will not open unto you until the altars have been broken down. God said... I will give to your descendants, your seed, your generations, I will give land. I will, meaning what? I will bless them. I will establish your generations. Now imagine if he went to another witch or someone else that appeared to him and said, I will curse your generations. They will never own anything. That is what land means. They will always be servants to people. They will always pay rent. They will never own anything because you have built an altar unto me. Now it makes sense. We don't just do stuff religiously. There must be an understanding why we worship the way that we worship. If you are tired to pray as men, you don't want to wake up and pray because sometimes, to be honest, our women sometimes pray more than us. Guy Amen was biased. And if we are lazy and we can even justify our laziness, it's fine. It's your will. Just know there's an altar you're raising. Because in the spirit, what's legally owned by some spirit, whatever it is, good or bad, they will come down. If they don't find you, they will find your generations. That's why make an intentional decision to serve God in purity. Amen. You're still young. Revelation always precedes building an altar. It's difficult to build an altar if you don't have a relationship with God. It will be effort. That will be based on effort. And your effort will be based on effort. Actually, it will be based on nothing that speaks in the spirit. But once you have a relationship with God, now every day you make time to spend time with God. That is your altar. You may not physically build something in your yard or in your house, but building an altar spiritually speaks of how you connect with God intentionally. Every day I make a decision to pray to God at one. Why do we think Muslims are so prosperous in whatever they do? Because in them, when God said, I will bless you and your descendants, where does Ishmael come from? From Abram. So when Ishmael was still in the loins of Abram, God blessed him so the blessing had to stand. But now we see people that we claim are worshipping an idol still intentionally pursue spiritual things. No matter how busy it is. That can oh Christmas us. They don't say it's busy. They say five minutes we're going to close the shop. They are intentional regarding the altars that their fathers have shown them how to seek God. They pay their offerings and their tithes. Why? These are spiritual laws that no one can change. And when it comes to us with wisdom, we don't apply these things. And we pray and fast and we pray right through the night, six to six, and all do all these things. And God is like, there's principles you are skipping that you want to, you want to compensate with 
empty spiritual or, or, or religious things. There's no altars in a house and then a church you want to pray out and God is like, you cannot come and pray loud here. Check this. When there's principles you are violating. Principles are principles. So now when Abram, when God appeared, before God could open up his plan, Abram said, I need to hear more from you. How do I do it? I build an altar. It's a sign that I'm serious with connecting to you. He could have just sang songs and whatever. He said, I will first establish something that will connect me to you generationally. Does it make sense? And after this, the covenant came. When you read on, God came and changed his name, changes, and God gave him even more information. This is your plan. Why? God came back to an altar. Because on the altar, when there's fire and it burns, the smoke attracts. That's why when you build, whatever altar you build, it attracts stuff in the spirit. It is like what I said last week, when it is like even our unrighteous altars, it's like sharks that are smelling blood and they come. And when these demons see this unrighteous altar, they are attracted to it and covenants are made there. Amen. Make a conscious decision to set up a righteous altar. It's like it is meant to still as it sunk in. Genesis 28 verses 13 and 18, not 13 to 18, 13 and 18. Genesis 28, well-known verse. Three years ago, we started teaching on this verse, for those that can remember. And I said, we're not done with this verse. And it seems every second month, this verse just keeps coming back. And behold, the Lord stood above it. This is a revelation. Remember I said, revelation precedes altars. This is a revelation that who had? Jacob had. Jacob is a descendant of who? Guys, come on. Jacob is a descendant of who? Let's go back to Genesis 12 quickly. Genesis 12, check this. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, generations, I will do this and stuff, right? And Abram built an altar. So Abram set the tone in his generations. Genesis 28. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Above what? The vision that, no, 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 not the, the, the vision. that. Remember, there was a vision that, Jacob had of the ladder. And the Bible says, and the Lord stood above the ladder in the heavens. Remember, this is still the vision, the revelation. So God revealed himself and he says, I'm the Lord, the God of what? Who? Your what? When Abram set up the altar, was Jacob born? But God came back because in the spirit, there's an altar that spoke for the generations to come. Come on, guys. Jacob's life was not perfect, but because of the altar, it overrode everything that Jacob did. He stole, he lied, he deceived, but because of the altar, that is for... I am the Lord, the God of Abram, your father. It speaks of the source of this altar was righteous. I've come because of that. Now check the unrighteous side. I am the oppressor of your father or your grandfather and I've come for what is mine. And there's nothing opposing this demonic onslaught on your family because in the spirit there's only one altar speaking for your family and it's a demonic one. And I said last week, don't become so desperate that you go and look for help at places that you're not supposed to be. They are more than just helping you. They are opening altars. 
and they will come back. I am the demon of your grandmother. Remember me? And you are there six years old. There's an altar speaking for you, but it's not the altar of the mighty God. Because that's what altars do. It connects you. That no matter how difficult things get, trust God. Even if you say, if we have to eat bread, I will not become desperate to go and open doors. That will not only deal with me now. Because this is the thing about generations. Whatever troubles you here comes back exponentially. Right? You plant a seed. Do you harvest a seed? You harvest a tree. That tree harvests fruit in it, its seed. So every seed has the power and potential of an orchard. So when it comes down to your fourth generation, here Shan is dealing with drugs, with all those things. God forbid I make an example. Because here a grandfather and grandmother went. Check this. Out of desperation or whatever or anger to open up altars. And down the line, there was no one that had the sense to open up or build or break down this altar and raise up a righteous altar. So now our children by default are dealing with stuff that they didn't raise. Because somewhere there is something speaking against them legally. And that's why when a man or a or, or, or parent or someone is saved in a family, it says the salvation has come to your house. Because you're not just now speaking in tongues. God is going to give you wisdom how to pray against altars that are speaking against you. So when that altar is broken, the family is let loose. That's why we cannot be safe and be rude to our family members. No matter what they do. There's altars we need to fight. This petty. So-and-so is not talking to me. It's petty. If you know what's against you. But let's continue. I'm the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. God is here saying, he's not saying worship the ancestors. Because there's someone I had in a disagreement with that said, no, but the Bible said, oh, I'm the God. Like it says, no, the Savior lives here. It is showing generational righteousness. It is showing legally where you come. But it does not say worship them so that you can worship me. That's on some. Right. I'm your father and the God of Isaac, the land. What did God give Abram? What did he give him? Genesis 12. And I will give you land for you and your generations. Right? That is an agreement that was made and the altar established it. That's why generations later, Jacob could come and hear the same promise. There's an altar speaking. Guys, come on. The same things. God didn't tell him anything else. It says, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and who? Verse 18. Genesis 28, then Jacob rose early. So this is after the revelation, right? In the morning and took the stone that he put at his head and set it up as a pillar. When you study it, it means as an altar. As an altar and poured oil on it. What does the oil signify? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. It means this is a sanctified altar. It is not just a religious thing that I've seen God. No, it is understanding something happened here and I need to establish it so this altar can keep on speaking for generations. That's why Elijah in the first book of Kings, chapter 17, after the fight with the, the prophets of Baal, there were 450. What he did after they put on their show and their God did not respond because the altar was dead. 
He built, he did not burn sacrifice on the same altar. The Bible says he took 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes. Where does it come from? Generations. And he made a sacrifice and God answered with fire because it is the same pattern of altars that God has seen from Abram to Elijah the prophet. Because Elijah was a prophet, Caleb, he did not dare do anything outside of what his fathers have shown him. Same pattern, 12 stones, anoint, put on the sacrifice, and God answered with fire. So in Psalm, so altars are generational. Altars speak for you. And this is good or bad. Because I need to give you both so that you can make an informed decision. So after this, you can still go to auntie so-and-so, baba so-and-so to go and work your case. To do little um sevenzi. It's fine. Just know. There's an altar that will speak generationally. Good or bad. Doesn't make sense. So altars are more than just, we're just breaking down, going up to the high. No, no, no. Do you understand what you're going to break down? Do you have an idea? The Bible says King Josiah, Josiah was eight years old when he became king and he did what was good in the sight of the Lord. Check this. And when he was 16 years old, one of the first things, Caleb, before he went to really actually govern the, 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 the nation, was first go to the high places and break down the altars that the previous kings did because he knew that if those altars still exist as the Zena, regardless how smart he was or regardless how good the people around him was, the nation would not prosper because there's altars that the previous kings intentionally raised up and it was speaking against the nation. So when he sat down on his altar starting to reign, he knew spiritually the air was clear. It's more than just voting. When, 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 the, 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 when there's inaugurations, as Christians, sometimes we just sit there or we pray. We don't even sit there and pray. When, when the president is, is ordained, come here quickly, the two of you, quickly. Let's see Brother Given is king, um, president. Just stand here quickly. Then, um, Sister Betty, come here quickly, please. No, man, he's not the president. Who's standing here in the middle? Stand here. Sister Betty, stand on the side. Now, this is the president inaugurated to lead us. On this side, they call for all these prayers, right? And on this side, to be fair to everybody, to be democratic, they bring someone that will pray. And I'm not going to mention names. On, we see what they pray to. We see what they pray for. It's not just gates. They're opening Pastor Clayton. They're raising up altars legally. And that, those entities are trying to take charge of the king's rulership. Now we think there's some things, and then on this side, we find there's a Christian that's supposed to understand, but he also just follows protocol. So that it can be a nice event. Check this. And then whatever unrighteousness in the spirit has been given legal right to rule, we want to fix with just voting for another party. The seat of government is entrenched or subdued by an altar that was legally opened. Oops. Legally opened. Does it make sense? So as Christians, when we say pray for South Africa, it is not just, Father, remove 
President Cyril or remove Zuma, it's much deeper than that. Because whoever stands here that sounds nice and wants to do whatever, if it's not arrested and cleared in the spirit, we can have 10 of the wisest presidents. That's what happened to, 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 to Solomon, the wisest man to ever live. And then he, he met. Wise king. Wise counsel. A woman that is connected. Today I'm not God. Today I'm a demon. Here because come here quickly. Check here. Before she came onto the scene. Because the Bible don't tell us sometimes where these people come from. The concubines. The wives. Check this. Here she's worshipping other gods. Altars are opened up on her behalf. Check this. And I am in the spirit married to her, connected to her. When he sees her, because he cannot discern, because if he could discern, he would have seen me. That's why I said, young people, don't just marry because you see dumbbells and blue eyes and GTIs. Discern. You'll find someone with an overall and boots that are dirty, that wants you, and you can't discern this is a king because he doesn't look like a king. I'm serious. Because now you're sitting in a house that's big and you are empty. Anyway, and she came to Solomon and Solomon in all his wisdom could not discern who is bringing her to him. He sees the beauty. And now because he engages in a covenant sexually, this is how covenants work. What is mine is yours. What is yours is mine. So his wisdom was darkened. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. Ephesians. Remember when we did light and darkness. So now even the counselors cannot speak to him because his wisdom has been overtaken. Why? Because there's an altar that is speaking against their union. Because she came from a country where they worshipped altar. Sacrifice other gods. And then he started building up altars that other kings had to come and either worship on or just kings like Josiah and Hezekiah go up to the high place and destroy these altars so that the atmosphere can be cleared and righteousness can be returned. Hey, lost on me, Do you get what I'm saying? Generations after the wisdom of Solomon reigned, Unrighteousness came because he couldn't discern. It is more than just marriage. It's more than just friendship. It's more than just business deals. Do you know sometimes your partners, who they go and see to put hoza hoza in your business and all we see are the checks. All we see is just places we move into. I stepped into the mayor's office and I could sense such spiritual, like, I can't feel pretty because in the morning I told my wife about two o'clock I had a dream of what I saw surrounds the office, not the person, the office. I saw him, but it represents the office. All this, Pastor Brian, that you, you can, sometimes you find yourself, thanks guys, not, not really, for, men, for people that are new when we make these illustrations, I normally assume the position of God. Because it's just easy to explain. Don't go home and say, Oh, it says God, I can see. Because God don't worship uh, favor chiefs. 
He might favor Arsenal, but not Chiefs. Definitely not the Red Devils, guys. Are we together? So when you raise altars, think of all these things. Pray for your children. When they come home with, with, with someone, whether it's a girl or a boy, um, like obviously if it's a, it's a boy, then it will come with a girl. If it's a girl, it will come with a boy. I can only eat something else. I rebuke my spirit. I rebuke my spirit unapologetically. And I said to my daughters, because sometimes we want to be their friends. We ca they come home with someone and you could, you could, all the red lights in you are going off. The alarms. Tee, 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 and we allow them because we're scared to tell them. We As if they are support. I'm the parent. And right now you will not understand. I don't know what it is I'm discerning, but my spirit is not at peace with this person. Mom, but mommy, he's so cute. She's so cute. He's a prefect, hey, Muna. Hey, Muna. The demons is even cuter. Hey. <laughs> Set your foot near. Set. Cry, Rachrat. Say near. How does a child of 12 years old want to kill themselves? What are they watching? They're setting up altars in your house. Watch what they are watching. Because now with Wi-Fi and with Netflix, it's so easy for the child to say, go in your room. So they're there for two hours as long as I have time to watch my skies. Make unannounced visits. device What passwords are this? Look what they're watching. Because everything we watch and listen to comes with a spirit. Pastor Brian, when I was small and something happened to me, and I'm saying this with a lot of respect, I did not think of suicide. It's a spirit, guys. It's more than just Check what they're watching. We're introducing funny spirits to our kids. And all this, not just every night we're going to sit there, read a verse. No, it is the whole structure of your household. When the Holy Spirit tells you, break this down, your own attitude. Nar for the pastor, nar for the Break it down. Righteous altars don't inspire rebellion. When God, when the Holy Spirit is convicting you of sin, say, Father, forgive me. I repent. With my mouth, I confess, I repent. Every, everything that does not go in line with God is attempting for you to build the altar. Remember, the demons don't build the altar. We do. God did not build the altar. Jacob did. God did not build the altar. Noah did. It is from my side. I am making a decision. I want to connect with you. Even the Sangoma is not building the altar when you go there. You do, by your action of going there. And I, know, I don't know why I'm saying this. I know there's people that are struggling in this place. No matter how difficult it gets. Even if you have to sleep and eat only two slices of dry bread. Say, thank you, I'm not eating out of a dustbin. You will never leave nor forsake. Whatever I'm supposed to learn in this season, I will learn it. But I will not step out of your bounds. Because out of the bounds of God is not just freedom from religious no, they just want, no, 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 guys. You are actively pursuing stuff. Amen. That's why even, even the people that are f doing funny things, they know how it works. That's why they sacrifice. Because in the blood is the life. And in the spirit, the blood speaks, Pastor Brian. That's why some people, when someone has been killed or was in an accident or, or murdered, they go to the scene of where the blood flowed. And they said we are collecting his spirit. 
and the church are just lexadaisical. Every Wednesday is prayer, prayer, prayer. We don't sometimes see it, but we sense it. What is it saying in the spirit? Building altars. Because we want to be super holy and say we're going up to the high places. No, next week we're going to deal with it. But where's the high place when it's in your mind? How are you going up to that high place when the altar is in your mind? And I'm not saying this would everybody should feel condemned. When you leave this place, you must have a resolute understanding of what an altar is. We're not just building stuff. We're not just having church. We're not just having cell meetings or whatever it is. We're having these things because so that we get understanding and apply our lives accordingly. I'm done. Let me just read these notes that I made this morning. All righteous, all unrighteous altars flow from revelation of a deity. All revelation. That's why you find someone that is, is, is let me say, let me use a sangoma, it's more practical to us. You'll find when you ask them what happened, they said, I started having dreams. And one day we'll deal with that familiar spirit and stuff. It's just too broad to pack in 10 minutes. There was a revelation. Because when we speak revelation, we just think something that sounds nice. No, revelation just means something that was hidden is now revealed. Amen? Personal revelation of God should involve, personal revelation of God should involve a personal relationship with God. What is a relationship? It's more than just, it is when we sing, I'm a friend of God. It's understanding, Pastor Brian, that God would love me so much to teach me this. Because that's what a friend does. Oh, I have a story, I have a girl for you. I have to come or I have to come. No, don't send the voice, don't send it now, Tabas. And then you sleep, 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 sleep for an hour after that. Yeah, this is my choma, this is my choma. And I can't scan it from the choma. That's a choma. A friend is someone that trusts you with secrets. If God trusts you with the secrets of heaven, he considers you a friend. It's not that deep, but it's also that deep. Some people are Christians, but they're not friends of God. How do you know you're a friend of someone when they trust you with all their secrets? How do you know that you're a Christian when everything is superficial, but there's no inner change? Come on, on. The last one is, the spiritual entity we connect with at an altar is linked to us for generations. When you die, the altar don't automatically, it stays. Until someone from higher authority comes and destroys it, be mindful what you do. It is completely unfair and unwise for our children to fight stuff that we intentionally open up, whether in ignorance or not. Stay with God. Does not make sense sometimes. Stay with God. Father, but can't you see my, we've been praying for years. Stay with God. And now that you have a bit more knowledge, ask God. Show me and reveal unto me all these altars that are existing. That you, that, that you, that is not blessed with you. That does not have the anointing of it on it. That is fighting against me. And as God's friend, he will show you. Amen. Let's stand. I'm done. 